0: Hello, and welcome to the Gundam Sentinel Podcast. My name is Gordon, and I'll be your host of this limited run series. Gundam Sentinel is a side story set in the Universal Century timeline of Moble's Gundam. I've always loved this IP, and I wanted to share my love analysis of this with you. This does, however, contain spoilers for other works in the Universal Century timeline, so be warned. I hope you guys enjoy. So let's get into it. Chapter 1 REVOLTING in PEASAN NO Brigadier General Jamatov Hyman created the Titans in Universal Century 0083, which was a branch of the Earth Federation forces. The Titans were charged with using military force to hunt down Xion remnants following the specter of the One Year War. Over time, their scope grew to suppress all anti-Federation movements. This culminated in the Thirty Bunch incident, First, actually mentioned in Zeta Gundam episode six, to Earth or Skyea, a civilian-led riot inside One's Colony 30 led to the Titans' response to suppression. They brutally put down this rebellion by pumping poison gas into the space colony, killing all civilian inhabitants. In response, anti-Federation sentiment grew, which then in turn allowed for the Federation to provide more support for the Titans. The year is now UC0087. The Earth Federation Instructor Corps was formed to develop new mobile suit combat technologies. Members of this elite corps were handpicked from the best Federation pilots. Their combat profiles were entered into all Earth Federation forces, integrated maneuver propulsion controls, or IMPC, which you mentioned in the last episode, mobile suits. The Grips War between the Anti-Earth Union Government or AUG, and the Titans represented an internal struggle within the Federation. The Instructor Corps was an elite unit within the Earth Federation who identified with the Titans' ideology of Earth-noid supremacy. At this time, two 141 mobile suits on the far side of the moon had just completed their Space Combat and Patrol, or CSP and we were on a return to Pezzum, the asteroid in space. One of the mobile suit pilots communicated with the other. Colonel Cray, are the rumors true? The guys back at the base were talking, said uh, Lieutenant Offshore. So, I'm going to say at this point, if you've not watched the Gundam, this is clearly what I'm about to say, going to be a spoiler. Colonel Cray confirmed that General Jamato Hyman was killed, and may even have been assassinated. This encouraged him and Brave to want to protect Mother Earth from falling into the hands of outsiders. Two months prior, the Aeyug occupied the Federation Assembly in Dakar and denounced the Titans before the entire world. As a result, the Titans' political power was diminishing and allowed the Aeyug to become legitimized. Abaku, the Xeon Asteroid Fortress in the One Year War, was controlled by the Titans in uc 87 and renamed the Gate of Zidane. Despite Hyman's death being kept a secret, rumors circulated throughout the Titans' forces and supporters about his demise. When the Instructor Corps received orders from Federation headquarters to be reabsorbed back under Federation control, there was clearly a reservation among its members. Some agreed to return, however many secretly or not so secretly continued to support the Titans' ideology. The date is now January 25th, 0088. High-ranking officials agreed to return the Instructor Corps under the control of the Earth Federation. However, some members of the Instructor Corps opposed this and seized prison with military force. They felt the Federation, controlled by the former EU faction, needed to be suppressed and vowed to continue the fight. This happened one week after Hyman's death. This will be described later on in this episode in something called The Day Before, a manga that was described by Hajime Katoki. Nevada Base. Ryu Roots was extremely frustrated and slammed his fist into the control of his simulator. His instructor informed him that this was, in fact, the seventh time he died today. Shin Crypt smiled at Cadet Roots as he kicked open the hatch of the simulator and stormed out. Ryu cursed at him as Shin entered the simulator. This Federation base is preparing for the arrival of new mobile suits at the Experimental's mobile suit unit. The room was a buzz, and felt that the latest model was a Gundam, but no one at the base had seen it yet. Meanwhile, an important meeting was taking place in the base's conference room. Dr. Carl stole Manning's and others were debating about which Cheshire Cat would be chosen for Alice and the other mobile suit being designed and completed. It was decided that Ryu would be paired with Alice and Shin Krit would be in charge of the experimental double Zeta. One of the officers voiced concern that Faz was not field tested and was nothing more than a paper tiger. Another officer shot back and said that this task force is nothing more than a show of force and not to engage in combat. Stoll Manning said that this was a war and a show of force would not be sufficient, especially against the likes of the Instructor Corps. Stoll, however, was kept in place by a superior officer reminding him of the duty and that he accepted the mission knowing it will take place on February 25th of the Universal Century 0088. He knew this would not be a simple show of force, however, because he knew that his former friend Tosh Cray was on the other side. In space, Colonel Cray and Lieutenant Offshore were on another combat space patrol in their Zico nights when Cray asked the junior officer if he'd like space. Joss was somewhat perplexed by the question and gave a vague answer, which prompted the colonel to ask again. Joss answered, saying he'd like space in a pure state untouched by humanity. They both agreed that Earth should be protected and that outsiders could not understand the value of life on Earth and should in fact go to hell. Their zakuides homed in on the laser guide coming from the and switched to landing position. The vernier thrusters, combined with the Active Mass Balanced Auto Control or AMBAC system, were used to slow their approach. Just as an aside, prior to the creation of the AMBAC system, Spacecraft, uh, before mobile suits were even invented, used verniers or small thrusters to maneuver it can, and ultimately consume propellant fuel. However, it felt that a large amount of propellant would be required to perform directional change and avoidance movements uh, by this method during battle. Therefore, once mobile suits were developed, the Xeonic Corporation used a method of natural attitude control by active transfer called the AMBAC system. The system would essentially use other parts of the mobile suit to act as a counterbalance and move in the opposite direction. Arms and legs, which were thought to otherwise be useless in outer space, became effective means of attitude control without the consumption of propellant. New mobile suits, like the Zeta, would use, in addition to the limbs, parts like binders. Another pair of Zaku ions passed them by at this time. Cray and Offshore's CSP requested landing. The tower ordered the pair to switch their IMPC to autopilot mode and would land their mobile suits via remote. Once they landed, Colonel Cray went to the command room. Brave Cod was waiting for him there. The senior officer pointed at an image on a computer, which revealed an officer sitting behind a computer. He said an officer assigned to return to Earth. He's downloading all the combat files here. Poor rat, caught in the mousetrap. They fight all their battles based on combat data. No wonder they need this stuff. This is your plan, Josh, said the other. <laughs> so Brave, when are they planning to return to Earth? Sixteen hundred hours Earth Standard Time, today. They don't even have a hundred men, so one transport ship should be enough. And the announcement? We will let them know that the new decides will oppose them to the bitter end. Did that name come from the word Decision? No, it's actually a newly formed word. It stands for Dis-Side or anti colony. Alright, you're now in charge. Do as you wish. The date is now February 22nd, Universal Century Dolo 88. Again, this is now a spoiler for people who have not seen Zeta Gundam yet. Operation Maelstrom was a success and allowed the AE to defeat the Titan's fleet using the colony laser. The first stage of the Grips War had ended. The Federation knew that the forces of Axis and Neo Zeon were suppressed but still posed as a great threat. To that end, the Federation's primary focus was to unify all their forces against the Neo Zeon threat. However, there were Titan's remnants on the moon that still represented a significant obstacle. Federation forces had decided that instructor core and peasan with its mobile superduction and combat capabilities needed to be suppressed or put down. It was decided that a small task force would be directed to counter the new decides. This task force Alpha would be made up of a newly built Argama class assault space cruiser, christened the Pegasus III, along with four Salamis class battleships. They felt that regular Federation forces shouldn't be used for such a small tactic or a small fight. It could could not be spared given the ongoing Neon threat. Task Force Alpha will be placed on the auspices of the Federation fleet that was tasked with the mop-up duty following the battle for the colony laser. On the surface, the task force looked like an elite unit but was composed of mostly inexperienced captains in prototype mobile suits that had actually lost military contract deals essentially a unit of paper tigers. Task Force Alpha launched from the Federation's Lake Baikal spaceport in Russia. Five ships were mounted to liftoff boosters with oval-shaped shields. Eaton Heathrow, the Pegasus III's new captain, stared at the calm down monitor as the sky turned black when the sun went down. He, along with the rest of the crew, had very little to do until the ships reached orbit. As the towers monotone the countdown down to zero, the five ships were engulfed in white smoke and flame, and then it slowly ascended into the sky. The boosters were the jettisoned in the atmosphere, and Pegasus III, along with the four Salamis Kai or reformed or revised class battleships, emerged from Earth's shadow. The Paper Tiger Task Force, with its future unset, took its first tentative steps into space. So again, since this is a Gundam podcast, gotta talk about some Gundam Mecha, right? So we'll talk about these two units that were described in this particular chapter. Um, the first one's gonna be Faz. Faz stands for Full Armor Double Zeta, and it's uh, code name was FA010-A. Specifications came in a height of 22.11 meters, with a head height of 19.86 meters, Dry weight was 45.4 tons. When fully equipped, it stacked out at 94.6 tons. Power generator output was 8070 kilowatts with mobile rocket thrusters of four of uh, the 22,100 kilogram variety and two smaller 15,200 kilogram uh, thrust capability. It had 22 attitude control verniers with a sensor effective radius of 16,200 meters. In terms of fixed armaments, it had an exactly insanely, rather ridiculous hypermegan cannon with an output of 79.8 megawatts, and a back cannon uh, with uh, two uh, types on the back with an output of 12 megawatts per unit and came with standard 60mm Vulcans on either side of its head for total of tail. Double Zeta Gundam, or Faz, uh, which is actually based on Double Zeta Gundam, uh, was developed as the 6th Gundam according to the Gundam Sentinel look, uh, and it had actually the Greek codename of Theta Gundam of Anaheim Electronics, and was a fourth generation mobile suit that could transform and combine. However, as design philosophy uh, as a mobile suit it had an extremely high amount of uh, power and a lot of firepower. At the time of its design additional parts that would strengthen the armor um, were done even at the expense of transformation and combination mechanisms were devised. Uh, the system is commonly called a full armor but was a prototype uh, to evaluate the full armor system uh, during the testing phase. Uh, in particular this particular uh, Zeta Gun compared to the one which will be seen later in Double Zeta gun the tv show um, it actually could not transform or combine the belt mounted mega particle cannon does not fire because it's actually only a dummy the armor of the mobile suit is of a high performance class using a Gundalium composite the extra parts uh, were permanently attached and could not be removed and as i mentioned the transformation to the g fortress is omitted and the head and abdomen are made of an inferior material as compared to the double Zeta that you'll see in the TV show. However, the ridiculously large hyper mega cannon mounted on the white b- backpack is more powerful than even the superior gun and smart gun. Next, we'll talk about the Pegasus, Pegasus 3 in particular. Um, not really much to say about it except it was the uh, flagship of the Task Force Alpha. And in terms of Mobile Suit Complement, it had the Superior Gundam, where it had one unit, two Zeta Pluses, three of the FAS, three Nero types, and one Nero trainer. Uh, We'll talk about the Neros as they will be revealed in the next chapter. So the Pegasus III represented an Argama-class cruiser or carrier, and it was named after the White Base class of cruisers from the One Year War. Unlike the original namesake, uh, the rotary housing block that was seen in Argama when it was not in combat uh, was actually uh, removed and also was painted blue and the thrust array and rear engine block were simplified. So we're gonna get into a little bit about this particular chapter and before I do that, I actually figured it would be a good idea to talk about the staff on this uh, series, both in terms of the book and uh, other uh, things that were produced uh, in Hobby Japan. So, can't talk about Gundam Sentinel without talking about Katoki Hajime. He was born in 1963, and Gundam Sentinel was his first major foray into the Gundam world. Uh, He was the mechanic designer, mechanical designer, character designer, and coordinator. Um, he would later go on uh, to do such works as Gundam 0083, redesigned most of the mobile suits in that series. He then worked on Victory Gundam as the main mechanical designer. He also worked on G Gundam and Gundam Wing. He did the five redesigns of the five Gundams featured in Gundam Wing and the Swolse. He would also redesign many mobile suits for Gunpla, including the Zazavi, Hainu Gundam, Shinanju, Unicorn Gundam, among others known as the Verkha series. So it's safe to say that Katoki Hajime uh, was a pretty big deal in the Gundam world. Um, Besides his work in Gundam, he also did work in Super Robot Wars, the virtual on-video games, and Pet Lover 2. So, yeah, pretty big deal in the Gundam world. Akitaka Mika was another coordinator and also went uh, to go on to be the mechanical designer and video game creator. Uh, he was known for his work in Zeta Gunman, Double Zeta Gunman, Gunman Double Three, City Hunter. He's also known for drawing the Mobile or MS Girl series that were featured in various episodes of the Model Graphics Monthly Magazine. Takahashi Masaya uh, was the author of the Gunman Saddle novel. In addition to uh, this, he also was the CGI designer of Blade Phantom Master, the 3D CG designer of Pokemon Destiny Deoxys, and the co-director of Tokyo Ghoul. Masahiko Asano uh, was the producer and director. Uh, he was the um, also involved with LaGrange The Flower of Rinne as the animation reference model, and also was involved with Gundam 83 Stardust Memory OAV OV, and the Afterglow of Xeon movie as well too. Earlier in this episode, uh, I mentioned something about the day before, uh, it's actually a five page manga uh, that was in the Gundam Sentinel look and uh, featured Tosh, Kray, and Joff Offshore and a pair of zeco ions as they invaded Pezun and destroyed remaining Earth Federation forces on the asteroid as the first step uh, by the new decides. I'll provide a link to an English translation uh, which I was able to find uh, from a website called Xeonic Scandalations. It was penned by the master himself, Katoki Hajime, and shows the capability of Seiko Eins. You should definitely check it out. So, talk a little bit about how Gundam Sentinel actually came to be. Um, this is based off of a translation of the Jap- Japanese Wikipedia entry. So, take it for with a grain of salt. The original plan of Gundam Sentinel was it was ordered by from actually Bandai uh, to the editorial department of model graphics. Uh, there was a gap. Um, this had occurred between the production of Zeta or actually Double Zeta Gundam and Char's Counterattack in terms of Gunpla or Gundam plastic models. So Sentinel was set up as a possible stopgap between these two projects. In the Gundam Sentinel book, uh, rather Gundam Sentinel Battle Real Gundam book, a combination of book and magazine in japanese it's titled gundam wars 3. you can even see some of the designs of shards counterattacks and mobile suits within it sentinel is initially thought to be similar in scope and design to the uh, mobile suit variations or msv series uh, that was seen after the one-year war um, or the original gundam run in zeta gundam in july 1987 full armor double zeta was the first gunpla created for this series a form of did eventually appear in Double Zeta Gundam towards the end of its run, but the weapons loadout was quite different. The second plank kit was the Quinn Mantha that was seen in Double Zeta, and the third was to be initially called Supreme Gundam and later dubbed the Superior. However, the timetable for Shard's Counterattack was moved up, and this actually put Gundam Sentinel on hold. Masahiko Asano, who was on staff uh, model, at Model Graphics, decided to rebrand Gum Sentinel for the Model Graphics publication instead. This rebrand by Model Graphics, I think, is part of the dilemma as to why Gundam Sentinel is likely a little canon in the Universal Century, but likely never to be animated. Uh, I base this on seeing various things um, that you could see in this series, which we'll talk about in later episodes, like the income. Mass Driver, in suits like the Zeta Plus, which you'll see in other uh, properties like Shard's Counter-Attack, uh, Gun Unicorn, or rather Unicorn Gundam, and Gundam narrative. But as a result of the license being held by Model Graphics and not Bandai, or even Sunrise, um, we're not going to likely see this animated anytime in the near future. Even when it comes to the gunpla or the plastic models, uh, there has to be an agreement made for a re-release. So, uh, there are not many models actually made for Sentinel Gundam. Some were made, uh, but most were not. Uh, some notable features which will be covered in later episodes include the Ziku Swai, Nero, Nouvelle GM3. Um, some kits, however, were made, like the Master Grade Zeta Plus, with the Honor Ray variant, uh, the High Grade Ziku Eins, Superior Gundam, uh, both the High Grade and Master Grade variety, and the monster kit, uh, the Master Grade FAS, or F.A.Z.Z. and ultimately the absolute bonkers Deep Striker which I'll put a picture up on Instagram as to what that unit's all about. In 1987 in August, uh, Model Graphics uh, published a bunch of teasers for Sentinel including sketches of the Ziku eins Nero, and concept of the Superior Gundam by Katoki Hajime. The serialization the series described in the novel started in September of 1987 and lasted for three years that really focused on a more realistic, militaristic side of the story of uh, use of the universal century. And I think for the first uh, couple of chapters that we talked about, you clearly can see that there are no little teenage boys running about, or teenage girls for that matter, uh, flying about in mobile suits, but these are actual veterans or older soldiers. Um, it also featured actual aerospace technology as designed by Katoki Hajime. For all the otakus out there, Mika Akitaka made various drawings of women dressed in armor, resembling mobile suits, and were called, of course, mobile suit girls. In 1989, Gundam Sentinel, The Battle of Real Gundam, was published as a compilation of the serializations, designs, models, sketches, and they even had interviews with the staff and at the back of the book, you even had a dictionary to explain concepts such as the Mass Driver income, Lagrange points, etc. This then culminated the Confessions of Alice novel, which is the basis for this podcast. As a side note, this same team did a Sentinel interpretation of the One Year War, as known as Sentinel 0079, where they featured characters like Stolt Manning and Tosh Craig, um, who were featured in Gunham Sentinel uh, back in the One Year War. It was published in Model Graphics in May and July of 1990. Picture these will be uploaded to Facebook and Twitter. For all the Gunpla heads out there, the RX-78 featured in Sentinel 0079, you actually would know later became the Master Grade Gundam Verkha. So remember, whenever you hear Verkha, remember it means Katoki version, as in the same Katoki Hajime we've talked a lot about. uh, Sentinel 0079 uh, focuses on the Battle of Solomon. Um, some of the units featured, such as the Zaku-2 F2, the GM-Kai feature in this would later be used with some slight modifications in Gunda 0083. 3 uh, Other units that were featured include a retouched Salamis-class cruiser and the Big Zam, among others. So now we're going to talk a little bit about Japanese history and talk about how it relates to the history of the New Decides. New decides a rough translation into from actually Shinzen Gumi. Shin represents new, Sen is transmogrified into the hybrid word decides. The Shisen Gumi, or the New Select Brigade, was a special force created by the Bakufu or the military government during the late Tokugawa shogunate in 1863. It was active until 1869. It was led by Kondo Isami. Uh, for those who speak Japanese. This actually will explain it a little bit better, but that's actually Brave Ka's character. Nimi Nishiki and Serizawa Kamo. This group was charged with protecting Shogun by patrolling the streets of Kyoto and restoring order in the name of the Tokugawa Bakufu. They submitted a letter to the Aizu clan to request permission to police uh, the streets of Kyoto. At its peak, the Shinsengumi had around 300 members. They were the first samurai group of the Tokugawa era. Who allowed non-samurai to join including merchants and farmers many had political aspirations or wished to just be like a samurai the code was strict and created by hijikata toshizo which again if you understand japanese actually is tosh craig and included five articles prohibiting deviation from the bushido code leaving the brigade raising a privately taking part in other litigations, and engaging in private fights. If any of these rules were broken, this would result in seppuku. I'm not really into much more about uh, Japanese history, however, the Shinsengumi served as a popular theme in Japanese pop culture or period pieces, known as Jidai Giki. Examples of this include The Legend of Shinsengumi, which is a film pre- uh, created in 1963, there is also TV dramas that are featured or documentaries that were made in 1961, 1967 and 2004. Nobuhiro Watsuki, the manga artist, actually was a fan of the Shizengumi and for those who've either read the manga or seen the movies or the anime, Ruronin Kenshin has various characters based on this group, such as Shinomori Aoshi, who is modeled after Hijikata Toshizo or Tosh Kray. So other connections to the new decides includes Air City, which is a uh, a base on the moon, which will be featured in a later chapter, is based or modeled off the Aizu domain. The low orbit communication space station Penta is modeled on the Goryo Kaku. So in terms of the characters that we've talked about already, Brave Cod, is Isamu Kondo. Isami means brave, and Kondo is shortened to COD. Tosh Kray is Hijikata Toshizo. Kray refers to the last name Hijikata, or Earth, and Tosh is shortened from Toshizo. First side, a character which we have not talked about yet, um, but his name is Saito Hajime. First refers to Hajime, and side is westernized from Saito. Josh rather offshore is Okita Soji. Josh is Westernized from Soji, and offshore is perhaps referring to the meaning of the kan- or the kanji to wash and field. So according to the Japanese uh, Gundam Sentinel page on Wikipedia, the Alpha Task Force was actually fashioned over the from the Ishin Shishi, or men of a high purpose. The samurai were the opposition and were anti shogunate and pro sonojo Again, I'm not gonna get into really too much into the history of Japan, but uh, this was uh, translates to revere the emperor and expel the barbarians. So they're very much against uh, Meiji restoration. And we're from the Southwestern clan of Canada, the Satsuma. It interests you take to say the least, or interesting take rather to say the least, between the Shisengumi, or revered by many in Japan to, in today. And the Ishin Shishi, or Shishi for short, were enemies of the Shinsengumi so just to keep in mind um, there is one person who i've not talked about who's i guess you can argue the protagonist of gundam sentinel and that's ryo roots so for those who know this very famous person from japanese history it's actually ryoma sakamoto moto translates to base or roots in terms of references that i've quoted from here um, there'll be links in the show notes uh, that you can refer to when you have a chance. On the next episode, Episode 3, Chapter 2, The Skirmish, Task Force Alpha approaches Pozen. Federation patrol was destroyed by the Instructor Corps. Meanwhile, the members of Task Force Alpha prepare to launch against the Nudisides, and the FAS gets its first taste of action. Be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast. Until next time.